After Jimmy Dean Keene has informed Caroline Abergedry of his actual identity as notorious Ponzi schemer and stool pigeon Dean Carney, they're laying together in her bed talking. He's holding her hand, lightly playing with her fingers. She's watching totally unconcerned with the fact that this dude had very narrowly escaped a lifetime in federal custody. So when you were telling me stuff about your life, how much of that was true and how much did you have to make up? Well, honestly, I try not to make anything up, really. How did Cole put it? I'm trying to remember. The truth, but sideways you know because the best lies have a kernel of truth in them because that way it's easier to remember and you don't come off like you're lying because you're telling the truth right like one time we were out someplace and some guy asked him how many chicks he banged in his life and he said he didn't even remember but then later when i asked him really he said yeah i don't remember if it was four or five did that blowjob count? <laughs> Jimmy realizes that he's trying to put off talking about himself, so he gets it back together. So, uh, yeah. I guess I'll start with the, the most obvious one. You probably want to know about my real parents. Yeah, that'd be interesting. What are they like? Jimmy reflects on this deeply. He sucks his lower lip into his mouth for a minute. Well, for starters, their names were uh, Shalom and Esther. Oh, you're Jewish. Not anymore. God did not choose me. Caroline puts a hand on Jimmy's forearm, comfortingly and sympathetically. But I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think I was all that chosen to begin with because, I mean, they were very involved in the community and they could put on a good front. But we were not the most observant people in practice. Originally, in Dating Way Back, the family was French. That's kind of what they got going on. Oh, really? Yeah, so I understand the language and I can speak... On put if I'll say, you know? <laughs> can you? You can. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty helpful. Relocating here a little bit, kinda. So those were the airs that Esther was more interested in putting on. I can't really blame her. I mean, <laughs> her French are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, we are. My dad fervently believed in the Jewish homeland, the right of his people to live in peace, but I don't know. After what he saw in the war, he didn't really believe in God. I mean, how could you, really? And that was a point of contention for him for the rest of his life. It probably still is. Jimmy rubs his forehead. He'd talk about it all the time. Like, a couple million people died for their faith in God, and he couldn't bring himself to believe. My mom, 
I don't know how deep her devotion was either, but she couldn't talk about it with him for very long. She just gets sick of it. I can't blame her. After a certain point, there's nothing for that. What can you even say? I don't know, Shalom. Figure it out. So, I know a little Yiddish, but I can't speak Hebrew or whatever. We had a Christmas tree and a menorah. Didn't really observe either holiday a lot deeper than that. And my mom could put on a big show of it. Then she'd get just sick of us. Hey, fuck you, you're on your own. And we'd end up getting Asian takeout for Passover or something. It just really wasn't as big of a deal as maybe they put across. But don't get me wrong, they're decent people. Oh, I know. I mean, trust me, I don't think that how observant a person is or isn't with their religion has anything to do with how they are as a person to other people. Yeah. I don't know how I ended up being their kid. Really. And the Keens now. Jim keeps certain cards close to the chest. But overall, they're pretty upfront about being messy. And they're loud about it. And they don't care. There's really no mystery how a guy like me could be related to people like that. But the Carnies, they're more reserved. They don't really talk about stuff, especially bad stuff. They just kind of stew in it and pretend like it's not there. And I think that works better for Esther than it does for my dad. He had family that died in the Holocaust. It changed him, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine how it wouldn't. So, he came to America looking for a better life. Through my mom, he got into real estate, property development. So it was real funny when then I ended up becoming a keen. I was prepared a little bit for that, at least. But I wasn't born in Europe. I'm an American. Raised adjacent to Beverly fucking Hills. I had very different expectations and completely separate desires. <laughs> if they were expecting um, what they were expecting, it wasn't what they got. And I can't help but feel sorry for them. Esther, because she really wanted to raise a European intellectual. And my dad, because of all he went through. And then they got me. <laughs> they got me. And what are you even going to do with that? Caroline doesn't really know how to respond. She's just looking at him with tenderness, gently stroking his arm. I wanted to behave. I didn't want to embarrass them in public. But I, I started cutting up early. I had ideas, you know? Kind of differed from theirs. So, yeah... Jimmy Keene was selling dime bags of weed on the schoolyard in 8th grade. And uh, um, Dean Carney also sold marijuana in high school, but I was a lot more discreet about it. <laughs> I mean, I kind of had to be, because my parents, the Carneys, they were very, um, how do I, how do I describe that? Uh, Over-involved, but... 
also permissive? I don't know. Like, they were super worried about what I was doing, but when they figured that I was doing correctly, they just kind of let it go. So I managed to get away with a whole lot of shit that they never had any idea I was even doing. It's amazing. <laughs> like, what was he getting up to? Uh, you know, what I just described is um, I had a, a small, loyal customer base that wanted to um, hit that good shit. And I never, you know, there were kids in my school that were selling pills barbiturates fucking their dad's percocet and naturally yeah i mean of course everybody knew how to get cocaine i wasn't into that shit not my speed but i'm kind of an enterprising motherfucker the carnies are jewish so i mean (laughs) i've always had an interest in business it's kind of natural and um so i saw a market in a place that I could, you know, work my talents and connections. And you know how I can talk to pretty much anybody, right? If somebody can talk, I can talk to them. Black people, white people, Mexicans, Asians, old people, midgets. That ain't right. They like to be called little people now, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, so at some point... Once I got old enough that my curfew rules were relaxed a little bit, I figured out a way that I would just go down Hollywood Boulevard and the Sunset Strip and get into places. It was pretty easy. I knew somebody that knew somebody that could make a fake ID, and half the time people didn't even want to see it anyway. And I met these guys that became my hookup, right? They all went to Hollywood High, and their parents were also immigrants. So, once they got past the fact that I was wearing fucking Brooks Brothers and shit, and they figured out that I was the number one guy they'd want to have with them if they had an inclination to get into the whiskey or whatever, the good clubs, we hit it off. They never figured out how to speak Spanish that well, but it's kind of like French, so... I could get the basic gist of the conversation, even if it wasn't in English. And, I don't know, we just got along. Bunch of them were selling weed, and they wanted to expand their enterprise. And I said, hey, you know what? I got an idea. I can sell at a markup to all these kids that have more money than they know what to do with. Perfect. It was great. You were like their pet gringo? Yeah, kind of. It was like we were each other's windows into other worlds. I thought they were legit. Decent people. Solid friends. Out of everybody I knew from L.A., those guys are the only ones that I looked up afterwards. And a lot of people, I couldn't really find anything because you got names like Carlos Lopez and stuff. There's a million of those, so I couldn't really narrow it down but the ones i did find none of them got locked up for doing fucking money crime murder the one dude it seems went to prison but that dude was the one whose whole family was pretty involved in cartel type of stuff so aside from him totally solid law-abiding citizens just we let our hair down a little bit as teenagers in la which you do 
So the one time we were all kicking it, this one guy's house in, like, East Hollywood, some shit. It was, like, a one-bedroom apartment. His parents were out, and there were, like, ten guys kicking it. And my buddy's older brother was there, and we had never met before. We were all shooting the shit, and then he was in the kitchen, and they didn't know that I could understand what they were talking about. And I heard him say, so who's this fucking Jew? Oh, no. And I'd never said anything like that. I wasn't sitting there wearing a yarmulke, talking Yiddish or any of that shit, so I guess he just figured it out. You know, I wasn't even scared. I just, um, I thought it was hilarious. I fucking laughed. And that was the minute they all realized that I could understand Spanish. And then they thought that was hilarious, too. So I became like a junior homie. Jimmy's face kind of falls lightly. And that was the minute, I think, I stopped being my father's son. Everything that he fought for and all he went through is the punchline of a fucking joke. And I thought it was funny. And I laughed. Caroline thinks about it, playing with her fingers where they're interlaced with his. Well, I don't feel sorry for your parents for having you. No. (laughs) He's watching their fingers wiggle. Why not? (laughs) Aside from the fact that you're a hero, and I know you don't want to hear about that. I mean, if you tell me enough times, I might believe it. No. I, I don't I don't know I don't want to get your hopes up. All right, well, little by little, like water dripping onto a stone, he stares at her, unabashedly infatuated. She looks back at him, her typical, usual, genuine smile. From what you just told me, you've always been real ambitious too. If only. So I think my problem is probably that I had aspirations, but no ambition. When my dad was 20, he was on his way to becoming a fucking war hero. And when I was 20, I was selling weed, silk ties, and giving tennis lessons. Tennis lessons! Yeah, my favorite job of all time, actually. (laughs) Oh my god. You're a good sports instructor. And what's wrong with selling silk ties? I have never sold a silk tie. I mean, except maybe when I was helping my friends sell vintage things. There was probably a tie or two in there. Fact on the other was because once I was in the shop and a man came in. He wanted me to put it on. Like he wanted to watch me tie it. And then he wanted to tie it on me. She looks a little weirded out. And this strikes Jimmy weirdly too. And then he pictures it a man wrapping something around a woman's neck, specifically Caroline's neck. Oh. Yeah, I felt weirder than I did the time 
Some guy asked to look at my feet. <laughs> Jimmy has abrupt mental images of various men. Creepy dudes. First he pictures this very dapper, very sleazy looking silver fox type of dude. Very come hither expression on his face while he's lounging in a velveteen robe. Very expensive sofa. Surrounded by objet de modern art. Then he envisions the face of C.O. Carter in Angola prison, kind of leering at him through an open cell door. Then he pictures Pop Shanfrelia on the prison yard, looking down on him while Jimmy's on the weight bench. And then he pictures Joe Hunt, who's at that moment sitting with his feet up on a conference table at their office. And that's enough. He's utterly disgusted. Oh, yeah, that's a valuable bit of alternative perspective. Yeah, nobody ever asked to look at my feet at work. <sighs> yeah, that's not something I'd wish on anyone on any occasion. <sighs> yeah. Good. And more seriously, though, did, did they expect you to be a war hero? We didn't have a war in the 80s. This had honestly never occurred to Jimmy before? <laughs> oh. Well, no. Did they want one or something? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just going on interrupting you. No. Thank you, because... I guess I'm just saying they wanted me to achieve, and I didn't even know what to achieve. Ultimately, I decided I was going to go into law. They had a much older sister, and she was a paralegal. It seemed real respectable, my parents liked that. She married a property attorney. They were very happy. But I was like a solid B student. I wasn't really exceptional. My dad didn't really want to pay for a fancy law school. So I started going to UCLA for English literature. <sighs> Caroline looks delighted. And underappreciated wordsmith. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a little. I just thought it was easy. And I like to read and bullshit. It was perfect. <laughs> but then I did want to be a lawyer. So I had to figure out how to go to law school. And I couldn't really pay for it myself. My dad wasn't that interested in helping if I was just... wasn't going to apply myself and I wasn't going to pass. So... Then Joe came along, and he had this idea. I was making tennis instructor and dime bag money. And he was dabbling in the kind of money that can buy you a third world country. So when he said, if you help me, then I can help you. Jimmy raises his eyebrows. Then I wanted to hear more. He didn't necessarily have the gift of gab. That was something he needed a little bit of help with. But... Jimmy lightly shakes his head, looking kind of at a loss. I mean, he'd been the president of the debate team. And I might be little more than a hopped-up salesman, 
But he fucking sold me.